0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that. Opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Tyler Edmonds was just 13 years old when he confessed to helping his half-sister, Christy, kill her husband. But did he really commit the murder or... Was he just one more in a long line of men that christie had manipulated into doing her bidding i'm Vinny politan and welcome to the court tv podcast this week we have an audio edition of our original series accomplice to murder which examines those accused of being involved in a crime have a listen this is the court tv podcast with Vinny politan This is starkville a sleepy southern town near mississippi state university a place where neighbors still know each other and there's very little crime but back in 2003 a 13 year old boy was accused of helping his sister kill her husband but did he actually pull the trigger or was he the fall guy for a crime that those who knew him say he would never commit
1: Tyler and my daughter went through school together till the 8th grade when this happened. He was a very bright, intelligent
2: child, very sweet. Oh, he was precious. He was blonde-headed and just had the sweetest face. I had the biggest crush on him. You know, he was a lot of fun.
0: Tyler's mother, Sharon, was raising him on her own.
1: I think his parents were divorced and it was fairly acrimonious and he didn't have a lot of opportunity to see his father.
0: The closest family that Tyler had was his half sister Christy Fulgham who helped him to see his father against his mother's wishes.
2: I had asked Tyler one weekend if he wanted to hang out that weekend but he told me he couldn't. He was so excited he was going to his sister's house. It was kind of like a big event in his life was going to his sister's house for the weekend. I can remember him saying that she was kind of his only family.
0: Christy lived nearby with her husband Joey and their three children.
3: When Joey met Christy, he was really, really committed, fell head over heels in love with her. And she was a charming person.
4: She was pretty, you know. She knew how to work her charms. Christy was not a woman who was happy in a marriage. You know, she had plenty of affairs.
3: Christy's infidelity had, had really taken an impact on their marriage. Her spending time with other people, having affairs, moving in a different direction that did not involve a family life. But I think Joey was always in love with her.
4: There's no question that Christy Fulgen was an incredible manipulator, especially her husband, her many lovers, and certainly her 13-year-old half-brother who
2: adored her. I can't think of the word that people uh, groomed. I feel like she was kind of grooming Tyler to, you know, be her uh, little puppet or what, you know, whatever she wanted him to. Like she had him brainwashed almost, basically.
3: There were early signs that she was not mentally healthy, but the extent of uh, what can really only be described as evil the, the extent of her evil activity nobody suspected that
0: one weekend joey's brother shannon and his wife kimberly grew worried when they had trouble contacting him
3: on saturday joey was supposed to go to an air show he didn't show up and it just was not like him not to show up and then the next day was mother's day and he didn't show up for Mother's Day. And at that point, they knew something was wrong.
4: Shannon and his wife, Kimberly, went over to the house and they find this gruesome scene. They make a frantic 911 call and of course, authorities show up very quickly.
5: Well, I was at home and I got a call from the deputies who had responded and they called me to the scene. Joe was in the bedroom. On the south side of the house, and he was in the bed, and he was laying on his stomach, and he had been shot in the back of the head. Didn't look like he ever moved when he got shot, to me, in my opinion. Brian first questioned Joey's brother, Shannon. He was emotional, but he wasn't ranting and raving. It was just a matter of fact that something had happened to his brother, and he felt like he knew who did it. Shannon believed that person was Joey's wife, Christy. We started looking for Christy, and we found her. We found her in Little Rock, Mississippi, at her mother's house. Well, I sent men to Little Rock, Mississippi, and talked to her that night. Christy reacted like any grieving widow,
0: but based on their investigation, police were able to gather enough circumstantial evidence to get a warrant for her arrest. But before they could serve it, she showed up here voluntarily at the sheriff's office in Starkville. Christy told police what she said had actually happened. She told them that 13-year-old Tyler had become enraged when she told him that her husband had been abusing her. That night, Tyler waited until Joey was asleep, crept into his bedroom, raised the rifle, and killed him with a single shot to the back of the head. When police brought Tyler in for questioning, he initially denied any involvement. And then...
4: The investigators say point blank to Tyler, Christy says you did it. He doesn't believe it, so officers bring Christy into the room. Christy says, Tyler, tell him what happened. At that point, after she leaves, Tyler's story begins to shift.
0: The police recorded what Tyler confessed to next. I'm not sure What is
6: 22.
0: In Tyler's version of events, it was Christy who planned the murder she Late at night, both of them crept into Joey's room. Tyler raised his rifle to fire, but couldn't go through with it. So Christy placed her hand on the trigger, and both squeezed the trigger together. I heard it go off,
6: and I looked at it and saw that it actually hit him. How do you know that it hit him? I saw some blood. It was on the pillow, I guess.
4: Something like you know, it was just on This was what investigators were looking for. They have the confession now, even though there's some discrepancy between Christie's version and Tyler's version, they have a confession. They're on solid ground.
0: Based almost entirely on his confession both Tyler and Christie were arrested and charged with capital murder in the death of Joey Fulgham Christie faced the death penalty and Tyler faced life in prison if convicted
1: my first thought was I don't believe it I think Christie coerced him into it told him he wouldn't get in any trouble because of his age you know I had all kinds of things in my mind
0: in fact several days later Tyler reached out to police, telling them in another recorded statement that he'd lied to protect his sister. But investigators dismissed his second statement, and Tyler Edmonds' trial began on July 20th, 2004.
4: It was a highly publicized case. It's unusual to have a child that young tried for murder.
0: Edmonds' lawyer was Jim Wade.
1: He has the reputation for being a bear anyway, for just going after it. I knew that if anybody in North Mississippi was going to give Tyler his best chance, it would be Jim Wade.
0: Jim Wade was convinced that Tyler's initial confession was a lie he'd told police in order to protect a sister he adored, and that he implicated himself only after Christy was brought into the room and told him to tell police what happened
7: within minutes after she made that statement, Tyler made what was a false confession, saying that he and Christie did it. But after Tyler's recantation was ruled inadmissible, the
0: jury only heard Tyler's own confession.
4: Confessions are really, really powerful pieces of evidence. It's a stretch for any of us to think that we would sit there and lie and say we did something we didn't knowing we'd get in trouble for it. So if you have a confession, coerced, balls or not, that's a good piece of evidence.
0: The state of Mississippi also had a well-respected forensic pathologist who testified that his analysis of the bullet's trajectory supported Tyler's initial version of events.
4: Dr. Stephen Hain testified as an expert that there were two sets of hands on this gun and he said you could tell that from the trajectory
2: of the wound in Joey's head.
0: It was testimony that raised more than a few eyebrows.
2: I've gone through it a million times in my head, and there's no logical explanation that would ever be able to explain how the angle of a bullet in someone can 100% be determined that two people were holding that gun. There's no way. I mean, sounds a little far-fetched, but it was an expert opinion allowed in the
4: trial, and could have played a pretty big part in the jury's decision.
0: When we return, 13-year-old Tyler Edmonds faces the
7: rest of his life behind bars. I was so convinced that he was innocent that I was overly confident that he would be found innocent.
0: This is the courthouse where 13-year-old Tyler Edmonds stood trial in 2004 for killing Joey Fulgham. The husband of his sister Christy. The jury deliberated for five hours before returning a verdict.
1: I had hoped that there would be an acquittal, or at least something from the jury saying, "Can we consider a lesser offense?"
7: Judge Kitchens was a career prosecutor. When the jury verdict was returned, I saw a smile on the judge's face when he looked at the verdict, and it had been clear to me through the trial that he believed he was guilty and wanted him convicted.
0: The jury found Tyler guilty of murder, and on July 24, 2004, at the age of 15, he was sentenced to spend the rest of his natural life in prison. Tyler's life sentence brought no satisfaction to the victim's family, but the verdict did bring a sense of closure.
3: The family didn't want, you know, sort of Old Testament judgment kind of punishment, but they did want the truth out there. When the verdict came down, there's a sense of relief that the truth was accepted by the jury.
0: In the aftermath of Tyler's
7: conviction, Jim Wade vowed to appeal. I became convinced that there were so many errors in the trial. I was convinced there were so many errors that surely this could be reversed.
1: Jim never gave up, kept on fighting even after Tyler was convicted. He told all of us that were there as witnesses, you will be in court again because I'm, I'm going to file for a new trial.
0: But years passed and Tyler Edmonds remained locked up behind me at the Walnut Grove Correctional Facility about an hour outside of Jackson. At the time, this was considered one of the worst juvenile prisons in the nation. Now, in the state of Mississippi, very few convicted murderers ever get a new trial and just a fraction of those ever get out of prison but the people who knew tyler best refused to give up hope
2: he wrote me all kind of letters i would write him letters i can remember i took all of his letters and i put them in a ziploc bag and i buried them somewhere in my yard and and i told him i said whenever you come home we're going to dig up these letters and read them
0: jim wade's initial motions for a new trial were denied by the circuit court and again by the State Court of Appeals, but Jim Wade refused to give up. Tyler's case was the subject of public debate and even became inspiration for new legislation by state lawmakers who felt Tyler's sentence was too harsh for someone so young. And then a glimmer of hope. The Mississippi Supreme Court met here in January of 2007 to consider Tyler's case after a short deliberation the court came back with a unanimous decision overturning Tyler's conviction. They said they did it because he didn't get a fair trial. And one of the reasons they cited was the testimony of the pathologist, Stephen Hayne, who they said was outside of his area of expertise. When he told the jury, he could tell that the gun used to kill Joey Fuljum had been fired by two people. For the Fulgham family, the
3: new trial opened old wounds. All we really, all the Fulgham family wanted is just for him to say what had happened. We just wanted closure about what had happened. Um, More so than we cared about, you know, punishing him for the rest of his life.
0: The state of Mississippi offered Tyler a plea bargain. If he would admit his guilt, he would have served a drastically reduced sentence. But Tyler chose to go forward with the retrial.
7: If he had taken the manslaughter play, he would have been out of jail in just a few months. Whereas if he goes to trial and is convicted, he gets life prison. But that was the strongest indication to me that Tyler was innocent.
1: The first trial had gone badly, so I was afraid to get my hopes up too much because you never know what a jury's going to do. You're talking about 12 different people with different personalities and you never know. We were, we were kind of afraid to get our hopes up too much
0: Tyler Edmonds' new trial began on October 28, 2008, here at the courthouse in Starkville, Mississippi. For Tyler, the second trial offered the hope of freedom. For his lawyer, Jim Wade, it was a shot at redemption.
4: Every now and then, I've come across an attorney who has been just incredibly emotionally invested in their client. Those kind of attorneys, take the verdict incredibly hard and as personal failures. And I think Jim Wade is one of those. I mean, that conviction was devastating to him.
0: In his opening statement, Wade tackled Tyler's problematic confession head on.
7: What the case is really about is about the prosecution charging a boy, a 13 year old as an adult But all the evidence is going to show you is that the boy gave a false statement, not just to the law enforcement, but to his own mom, trying to help in his 13-year-old mind, this older sister. who was really all he had in life. One of the
0: witnesses that Wade called to make his case was Christy Fulgham herself.
7: I had hoped that she would tell the truth about what had happened after she had already gotten a life sentence. And I thought you know, she's got nothing to lose. Maybe she'll tell the truth.
4: Christy Fulgham is called to the stand. She sits down on the witness stand. We are at the edge of our seats.
7: Madam seat, John? you may. Would you state your name, please, ma'am? Christy Fulgham. Right. Uh Miss You're Tyler Edmonds' sister. Is that correct?
2: And she
4: takes the fifth to every question.
2: On the advice of my attorney, I'm not answering any questions.
0: Christy may have pleaded the fifth, but her presence shifted the focus away from Tyler and allowed Wade to remind the jury of Christy's character and how she had repaid Tyler for his love and devotion.
1: Why would you put somebody that young in that situation if you had any kind of feelings for them at all? If you had any thought of what it would do to the other person, why would you do that? I think she was just completely self-serving. I think Christy was out for Christy.
2: She was trashy, just to be honest with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I believe she was just pure white trash, so.
0: The judge also allowed Wade to present a side of Christy that had not been admitted in Tyler's first trial, a side that had been broadcast nationwide on the Montel Williams show. Let's welcome 23-year-old Christy to the show. You were married for five years, right? Yeah. The relationship was kind of on rocks. Back us up and explain this to me. On
4: the Montel Williams show, Joey and Christy, you know, aired all their dirty laundry, all her boyfriends, all the infidelities that Joey knew about.
7: And you took off and moved to Texas? Yeah. you went to Texas and one of your friends went along, right? Yeah. And I should say that this friend was also the best friend of your husband, Joey.
6: Yeah. What happened? I ended up pregnant with my baby. It
4: showed the level of manipulation that Christy was capable of carrying on all these other affairs, some to the knowledge of her husband.
8: That didn't tell you maybe it was time to get a divorce. It did, huh? But I love her.
4: She was a master manipulator, and that. Coupled with the fact that she was not happy being one man's woman uh, was very important for the defense to show.
0: The defense next turned to who had the real motive to want Joey dead.
4: In this case, both sides agreed that there were life insurance policies that Christy wanted her hands
5: on. It would have been probably March or April of 2003. I was at work and received a telephone call from Christy. She asked me about Joey's life insurance policy, how much it was for, who the beneficiary was. I told her that I couldn't tell her because Joey had signed a uh, privacy statement stating that the only person that I could talk to about such documents was Joey himself. But probably the most damning evidence that Christy planned
0: to kill Joey with or without Tyler's help came from Christy's own father.
4: Danny Edmonds, Christie's father, is the only person that says she expressed the desire and plan to kill her husband, Joey.
7: So Christie came to your house and tell the jury what y'all discussed at your house when Christie came over there. She
8: asked me for a gun that she wanted to kill Joey. And I asked her why. And she said he was mean to her and the kids. And I told her, I just leave him. And she said, no, he's got a life insurance
7: policy. Well, did she tell you what you could get out of it? She was going to buy me a new Cadillac. A new Cadillac. Coming up,
0: while the defense had shown that Christy had the motive to kill her husband, Tyler's own words came back to haunt him. What is the truth
8: that me and Christy did it? Y'all killed him? Did you for real do that? ARE YOU JUST TELLING THEM THAT? WE DID THIS, MOTHER. ME AND Christy DID IT.
1: OH, IT'S VERY POWERFUL. IF YOU THROW A CONFESSION IN THERE AND A JURY GOES, ALL RIGHT, HE CONFESSED TO IT. SO HE MUST BE GUILTY.
0: During Tyler Edmonds' second trial, the defense painted Christy Fulgham as a woman who would do anything and manipulate anyone to get what she wanted. But now, they face their most difficult witness. A video recording of Tyler confessing that he had helped Christy to
8: murder her husband. What the evidence in this case is going to show, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are two people responsible for the killing of Joey Fulgham.
4: Prosecutor Frank Clark told me that he always wanted to be a prosecutor because those were the good guys to him.
8: The first is Joey's estranged wife, Christy Fulgen. The second person responsible for the death of Joey is this defendant.
4: Jim Wade and the defense team really faced this one big hurdle, which is the confession.
8: Me and Christy did it. Those are this defendant's words, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury. They are not mine. I want you to tell us as best you can remember exactly what happened between this defendant and Christy Fulgham when you brought them into the room together.
5: She walked in and said, Tyler, hold my hand. said, I have already told them what happened. I told them the truth, and uh, I want you to tell them the truth.
8: What, if anything, did the defendant say at that point?
5: He told us that he wanted to uh, tell the truth, that, that he shot Joey. He wanted to tell the truth, and uh, he wanted to do it without his mother being present because he wanted to tell her after he told us.
8: Okay. And I would ask the court to allow Mr. Holly to sit inside the rail and, and operate the audiovisual equipment.
0: At that point, the jury was shown all 32 minutes of Tyler's full confession. Is your
8: name
5: yes. is Tyler is that right? Yes,
3: sir. I You're truly Edmund? believe the confession by Tyler was the only Thing in this case that was true and it's heart wrenching to watch. you it I
6: somewhere.
4: It wasn't just the confession to the police that was damning. When Tyler's mother comes into the room, this incredibly emotionally charged moment, she gets on her knees, she says, Honey, tell me what happened.
6: Tyler Wayne! So look at money! Did you for real do that? Or did you just tell them that? What did y'all
3: do? There's a truth in that video that is hard to ever overcome.
6: Tyler oh, Wayne, are you sure you did see us? <laughs>
0: To prove Tyler's innocence, his defense team needed to convince the jury his videotaped confession was false. But the judge refused to allow any testimony from an expert on false confessions.
4: For Jim Wade in the defense, it was a huge blow not to be able to call this expert witness in false confessions.
0: If the prosecution was going to base their case on the confession, Wade decided to turn the inconsistencies of Tyler's words to his client's advantage.
4: One of the few pieces of physical evidence that actually plays into the defense's favor is Tyler's account of what he saw right after the shooting. I heard
6: it go off and I looked at it and saw that it actually hit me. How do you know that it hit you? So I saw some blood. It
5: was on the pillow, I guess,
6: something like... It.
0: Jim Wade called a pathologist to testify that the weapon used to kill Joey would not have caused the blood splatter Tyler claimed he saw. So you
8: have a, a relatively small uh, hole from a 22, uh, and then the bullet goes in and does this significant damage uh, inside the brain and, and, and the bone. Um, but in, in this kind of a wound, the bleeding doesn't start right away
4: there's a discrepancy there between what he says he saw and what the evidence would have looked like
0: crime scene photos supported this testimony no blood was visible on pillows in tyler's first trial the judge had suppressed tyler's attempt to recant his confession but this time
7: jim wade successfully argued for its inclusion judge howard made a different ruling on the second trial and allowed us to put the retraction in as part of the case So that was a crucial evidentiary difference. For the first time, jurors were allowed
0: to watch Tyler's attempt to undo the damage of his initial confession. We're on camera now. In his recantation, Tyler gave a revised version of what had happened the night Joey was murdered. Early that morning, he and Christy had packed to go on a trip. She
6: carried her bag out there, and then I went out and put my bag in.
0: Tyler was sitting in Christie's car outside of the house when he heard a noise. And I was sitting
6: there messing with the radio waiting for Christie. And all of a sudden, I just heard a pop. I didn't know what it was. I didn't think
2: anything of it. Christie was still in the house. And you heard a pop. I heard a pop. I didn't know what it
0: was. After that, Tyler said they left on their trip as planned. As they drove, Christie revealed that she had shot Joey and told Tyler what he should do when questioned by police. According to the defense, Tyler was coming clean after lying to protect his sister. But according to the prosecution,
8: Tyler's shifting story
0: proved their point.
8: It's not easy to believe that somebody that looks like him committed this crime. There's only one person in this courtroom who is an admitted liar, and that's the person sitting over there in between his two lawyers. His whole defense is, I'm a liar. Folks, somebody who will lie to protect his sister will lie to protect himself.
0: It would all come down to which version of Tyler the jury believed, which made Jim Wade's next move even that much more risky. When we return, Tyler Edmonds takes the stand.
9: Please state your name, Tyler Edmonds. i watched the tape a million times over the past 15 years, and that moment is so hard for me to watch because I know
0: what was coming next. On Friday, October 31st, 2008, the last day of Tyler Edmonds' retrial for the murder of his half-sister's husband, Joey Fulgham, Tyler took the stand in his own defense. Everything rested on whether or not the jury found him believable.
4: Tyler Edmonds is called to the stand. There was a hush over the courtroom, The emotion is still there from that confession tape. I mean, we feel for this kid now as he sits down. It it was quite a moment.
1: Tyler, you were present on the
6: courtroom in a statement you gave to the police and shown to the jury. Yes, sir. Did you lie when you gave that statement? Yes, sir, I did. And how did you lie? By saying that I had something to do with the murder of Joey Fulger. Why did you lie? To protect my sister. Why did she tell you that you had to take the blame for it? because nothing would happen to me because I was under 18, and that if I didn't, then they would kill her, and that I would never see her or her kids again. She indicated to you that you should take the blame. How were you supposed to know what to tell the police? Um, she told me to say that it was an accident at first.
0: Christie told Tyler that she would give him a cue when it was time to change his story and take the blame. Tyler believed that cue came when Christy was brought into the room by police while he was being questioned.
6: She was sitting on my right. I was on her left. And she reached over like this and said, hold my hand. And I held her hand. And then she said, tell him. When she told you that, what did you believe she was telling you to do? That that was my cue to go take the blame for it. No further questions. At
0: that point, Prosecutor Frank Clark began his cross-examination. She
6: didn't tell
8: you what the cue would be?
6: No, sir. She just told me that if she came in there and told me, gave me the cue, then I was supposed to go take the blame for it. So you spent all this
8: time getting these two stories together, but at no point did she tell you what the cue would be for you to change your
6: story? No, sir. She was just like, when I give you the cue, you'll know what it is, you'll know. You stated christy had assisted you in firing the gun
8: what part of that story protects your sister
6: looking back none of it now but then i just thought that somehow it would why didn't you tell the lie christy had told you to tell that it was an accident because i thought that somehow by her not being the only one to do it, it would still help her but like if i thought that i was going to get in trouble it wouldn't be as bad on me either as
4: frank clark gets up to start his closing argument. There's no doubt how passionate he is about this case.
8: Christy Fulgham did not act alone. She found someone who was willing to go into that room with her with a 22 rifle, pointed at the back of Joey Fulgham's head, and then as that defendant said out of his own mouth, we squeezed. And the question now is whether someone will be held accountable for that. The question becomes whether someone who doesn't look like we expect a criminal to look. He doesn't act like we expect a criminal to look. The question is,
4: though, is he to be held accountable? For Tyler, everything's at stake here. Tyler's entire life is at stake.
0: Then, after five years of work on Tyler's behalf, Jim Wade presented his final defense to the jury.
7: Is there any physical evidence? Is there anything other than this child's words? Something you know, some objective fact that proves that he's guilty. No, there isn't. Just this child's words. Think about this. This is a 13-year-old child. Is he upset because he killed somebody or is he upset because for 40 minutes or whatever it is, they have him on tape lying and his mother comes in, he's tired. He's so tired he can't even stand up. And he's crying and upset. Look at Sharon, did y'all see how shocked she was? She knows it's unbelievable that her son could do anything like that. The prosecutor made a very emotional argument like he knows what happened. Well, he wasn't there, he does not know what happened. He does not know what happened. It may not be for us to know exactly what happened here, but I do know this. One day we're going to all stand there before God and we're going to give an account. If I were sitting on this jury, I'd a lot rather be up there telling God I voted that child not guilty than tell him I bore false witness against my neighbor.
0: After the trial concluded, Tyler Edmonds still remembers the long wait for the verdict
9: i remember sitting outside the courthouse with a mom and just thinking like surely there's enough good left in the world like surely there's enough good left in the world i think it was somewhere around 10 a.m we get word that the jury reached a verdict and walking back into that courtroom was like emotionally deafening there were so many emotions
8: Ladies and gentlemen, have you arrived at a verdict in this case? With the defendant is Trent turn, please stand. You may read the verdict. We the,
4: the jury find the defendant not
8: guilty. The jury has returned a verdict of not guilty. You are hereby and the sureties on your bond discharged. You may go.
7: Courts in recess.
9: still hear the um, the court clerk's voice in my head I can still hear her voice as clear as day when she read the verdict and said not guilty and I remember hearing that and then just wanting to get out of there I just wanted to leave that was probably the first time that I just absolutely just like because it's just the whole weight of the world had just like been lifted off of me for years, I was just. Can
6: you talk to us? I'm sorry, I'm just gonna. I'm, just, I'm, I'm relieved. I've been praying for this for almost six years. And it's been tortured. I'm just glad that I can move on with my life. You know? God is good. And we, I prayed till I couldn't pray anymore. God is great. And my family and my friends have all supported me. And we prayed for five years. And
9: he took care of it.
7: I told Tyler this morning, my life is, you know, coming close to its end, and his his, his is just beginning, so he has all the potential in the world. He thinks about it every day, wakes up in the morning, thinks about it, but now that this burden's lifted, there's no telling what, what this young man will accomplish. Though Tyler's supporters felt relief about
0: his exoneration, the family of Joey Fulgham still struggled to find
8: closure. It was hard to believe that that verdict would come out. I mean, sitting there during the whole trial, we tried to kind of view the trial as the jury would. There was no doubt in our minds, and that was what was so surprising about the whole verdict. The only thing our family has ever wanted to know was the truth. There's no way we can bring my brother back. Joey's dead and gone. We don't want to punish somebody else. Uh, just to seek revenge, we just want to know the truth.
5: The truth is the first statement. That's exactly consistent with everything that we found at the scene of this crime. Tyler told the truth and he got away with it. And look, I don't don't begrudge him that. Maybe he'll make a good life. Maybe he'll have a really happy life and I hope he does. In many ways,
0: Tyler Edmonds is doing great. He went back to school to get a nursing degree He left Mississippi, came here to Florida, where he lives today.
9: I left Mississippi because I didn't know where else in Mississippi I could go, where I could be anyone other than the Tyler from five o'clock news. I changed. I had this is what happened with my life and I needed to figure out who I was. Otherwise, the title series of unfortunate events has already been taken.
0: but a murder confession, even a false one, can have a lifelong impact. Those words, spoken as a teenager, continue to haunt him today.
4: I've
0: watched the tape
9: a million times over the past 15 years. And that moment is so hard for me to watch because I know what was coming next.
0: What would come next, says Tyler, are the words of a scared 13-year-old trying in vain to protect his sister while giving the police what they want without disappointing his mother.
9: I don't really know how to explain it. It was confusing. I didn't understand what was going on. And i would never been to a principal's office, much less interrogated by the cops. I felt a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and now I was feeling pressure from both ends. The loyalty towards my sister, and then my mother, knowing that she would be so upset if I lied, and knowing—I guess—in my heart of hearts that telling a lie was wrong. But at some point, you know, everyone breaks, as everyone has a breaking point, and I think when you're a child, that breaking point is a
3: lot lower.
6: Totally. two. Totally. Stand up and
3: talk to me, While the
0: confession is painful for Tyler to watch, he hopes his story helps people better understand why suspects confess to crimes they didn't commit, particularly when those suspects are children.
4: You know, lots of people make false confessions. Adults make false confessions. Very intelligent people give false confessions all the time. But here we have a 13-year-old who knows he's supposed to protect this woman who he adores not really sure how to do that but but you know she's made clear to him that if he takes the blame he can save her life he can keep her off death row. so it's not that much of a stretch to think that in tyler's 13-year-old mind this is what he had to do
9: children should not be allowed legally to speak to a police officer without an attorney present period i hear some people say without a parent or an attorney it needs to be an attorney because even parents don't know how to navigate
0: the system as well and if the justice system is going to place so much weight on confessions that come out of police interrogations tyler believes police should film everything because like my case of course the first
9: several hours were not video camera The video camera only came on when it was convenient for them Um, And I think that protects both parties. I think the good way to common sense, easy way to protect that is to have cameras in an interrogation room start to finish.
0: Tyler's exoneration brought additional scrutiny to the career of pathologist Stephen Hain. Two other men, convicted in part due to Haynes testimony, were freed in 2008 after DNA evidence and a confession from the real killer proved They were innocent. Mississippi removed Hayne from its list of approved pathologists, and several suspects he helped to convict have since been exonerated or given new trials due to doubts about his expertise. As for Christy, before her murder trial, she was tried, convicted, and sentenced to 12 years in prison after convincing two men to help her attempt to escape from prison. She was tried for the murder of Joey Fulgham in 2008, convicted and sentenced to death. She appealed, and in 2010, her death sentence was overturned.
9: The last time I heard from her was December of 2008. There was a letter, and it was an apology letter. She didn't even say what she was sorry for. It literally said, I'm sorry for dot, dot, dot. Well, you know what I'm sorry for. And that just pissed me off. It made me so angry. I was so angry. Like, you wait until five and a half years, two trials later, now you want to say you're sorry?
0: Tyler still wonders if Christy ever really loved him or if he was being manipulated all along. I want to know why. I want to know
9: how long she had planned it. There's part of me that believes that the only reason that she came back into my life as consistently was because she was planning. There's just part of me that believes that that she knew what she was gonna do, and that maybe she got close to me just to use me as a scapegoat. There's part of me that honestly believes that.
0: Um, You know. There you have it, another audio edition of the Court TV original series, Accomplice to Murder. If you want to see more of our original series, they are available to stream for free on the Court TV website. Just check the show notes for a link. And to keep up with the biggest current true crime stories, you can see me every night at 8 p.m. Eastern on my show, Closing Arguments. Thank you so much for downloading. And as always, please don't forget to hug the kids.